0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Total Basis Podcast. I am your host, Felipe Melisio. With me is Sean Flannery. And we have a special guest, Jim Grave. I always want to call him Jim Graves, multiple, plural, but it's just one. How are you doing, oh, Jim, this morning?
1: It's, it's, it's Jim gravy, just like the food. <laughs> but I am doing, doing good. How about yourself?
0: Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, we're here talking some fantasy baseball with you. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: All right. Uh, A little about myself. What do you want to know? I'm a big Cubs fan. Oh, you Uh, poor thing. That's a good year for me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that is true.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is Boston. (laughs) Boston. Howdy, bud. Um, Yeah, so I'm a dad. I'm a dad and a big Cubs fan.
0: Uh, You're originally from Iowa, right?
1: Yes. Yes, I'm from Iowa. I have lived in Rhode Island for, for the last seven years. So... Uh yeah, people actually live in Rhode Island. I thought it was like North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> people people do live in those little states. People do live in those.
0: It's a very densely populated uh, state as well. Yes. Uh, I probably should preface this by saying that Jim Grave is gravy. Sorry, is um is a member of our Baseball Life group. Uh, for those who are listening to audio only, we are streaming live in our fa- Facebook group over at Baseball Life. Uh, he's a real a devout member of ours, so we thank yes. him for that. He's also part of our Fantasy Baseball League uh, at Fantrax. Uh, if you haven't mentioned that already, that's why we brought him in to talk about his uh, Fantasy Baseball team this year. And uh, with that being said, Jim, um, I just want to pick your brain as to uh, – so this is something I wanted to do with everybody, but uh, it, this is a shortened season, so unfortunately we couldn't do it for everybody on the team or in the league. And I figured I'd talk to you because you're a Cubs fan. That's why it's Cubs bias here. Uh, but what was your strategy coming into this particular draft way back in March? Uh, what was your strategy in, in uh, selecting your team?
1: Sure, sure. So yeah, I, I like to I like to go with players who you know like I've really watched and I I know a lot about. Yeah. So for me, a, a draft is you know. I feel like a draft is like years in the making in some ways, you know, like you pick, you know, you go with guys like Tommy Listella who kind of fall under the cracks, but like, I know Tommy Listella is a lot more likely to have a year that um, that he was pre-ranked to have. And so far he's not been bad or, you know, guys like um, Tim Anderson. I've been, you know, I've been kind of banking on Tim Anderson for, for years. So I, I guess that's always, when it comes to a, a draft, my strategy is you know, picking the guys who I've, I've watched and I feel like are you know, gonna have a real long-term future. And I also don't really pick uh, great catchers, as you can see on the screen, uh, Kurt Suzuki. I, um, I typically let my ca- catchers go very late in the draft. I feel like people jump the gun on catchers. I know, I know they're hard to find. Um, but, uh, Christian Vasquez, um, you know, I feel, I feel good about, um, so that's another strategy I have with a draft. Hey, listen, man, don't worry. Nobody
0: picks catchers unless, I mean, even, well, Sean, would you say that Gary Sanchez might've been the number one overall, uh, catcher? Well, I guess JT Real Muto. But yeah, so he- I had,
2: I had Real Muto going into this year and that, that's paying dividends. I, I don't have him in our league, but I have him in several other leagues and, it is definitely working out well. But I, I'm with Jim here. That is – you can't really spend too high on catchers. Granted, it's tough in our league because it's the two-catcher league, which, you know, aren't as prevalent out there. And so it's not like you can go find somebody on the waiver wire. It's, I mean, the two-year draft, and you better hope they stick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's, it's very frustrating. And uh, even, like I said, I mentioned Gary Sanchez. He's been struggling and – I had him last year. He's always hurt, uh, and the low batting average definitely hurts you. But you know, you get him because of the high upside. You get him because no. you can get thirty home runs uh, in any given season. Uh, aside from that, Jim, uh, what has anything in particular that you were, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, you were proud of that happened in this uh, shortened season for you so far this year with this uh, Fantrax team?
1: Um, well, I w- I was uh, I was really excited about my team after, after the draft, um, you know, right now I'm in dead ass last, but (laughs) my points are, are spread out. Uh, You know, I feel like I'm pretty, you know, uh, you know, if this is a keeper league, I'm, I'm happy about it still. Um, You know, it's guys, I, you know, I'll have a, I'll have a good group of guys going into the next season. Um, I'm also really excited about the, the flexibility my players have. I, I like the multi-position players and just not leaving empty gaps in there. Um, that's really always been a, a pretty good uh, um, pretty good um, uh, strategy for myself.
0: Yeah, I see you got Cody Bellinger, Chris Bryant on
1: your bench. I
0: mean, I, we can see why you're in dead last right now. And I forgot to mention that to start with. Poor Jim <laughs> is in last place at the moment, but. Uh, he still has a shot to move up as uh, those bottom, what would you say, those bottom six teams are neck and neck with each other. Yeah. And uh, Sean, would this be a good time to mention it to all the people in our league that. Hey, doing. everybody,
2: playoffs start tomorrow. Are you freaking playoffs. out yet? Because I'm freaking out. <laughs> but I, I do want to talk about Jim's team real quick. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking over here at the draft results. Go ahead. And in hindsight, I di- I really did like his draft. You started off, you had the third overall pick. You got Bellinger. Um, I probably would have gone with Yelich, but I definitely don't fault you. Bellinger, Yelich, and Betts really could have gone in any order. And then you got two great starting pitchers in Scherzer and Bieber. So you have the legitimate number one pitcher in baseball in Bieber. And Chris Bryant's just been hurt. J.D. Martinez is like Bellinger. And they've just – both of those guys have been, you know, pretty steady, expected to be some of the best hitters in baseball and they've just come out flat and in such a short season, it really hurts. Yeah, as Felipe highlights, the two twenty-four average for Bellinger.
1: Yes. Base.
0: But
2: going into next year, we have three keepers, right, Felipe? Three I keepers, definitely think yeah. you have a great core. Uh, for your two keepers, I'm assuming one's going to be Bellinger and one's going to be Bieber. I don't know who your third will be, but I think a, a core around Bellinger and Bieber is a very, very solid start.
1: Yeah. Even if it's not
2: working out this year.
1: I'm not sure about Chris Bryant. Um, I'm just kind of thinking about him, but I don't know. I mean, the way Tim Anderson's playing,
2: he's a legitimate, I mean,
1: ought to actually be a third keeper. Actually, you know what? That's probably what I'm going to do. He has learned how to hit in the last two years. Um, And when you put that in with his speed, his power, uh, yeah, Tim Anderson is probably a good take.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm always the skeptic oh. when it comes to Tim Anderson, but if he's doing yeah. it two years in a row, um, even in a shortened season like this, uh, some of that skepticism is starting to wear away on me that, hey, he actually might. there
1: might be something different here. How old is Tim Anderson again? He's, he's mid-20s, right? He, let me pull it up right Just here. 27. 27, yeah. Yeah, yeah Tim Anderson's oh. got a, a good future. I'm probably going to keep him.
0: A uh, question for you, I noticed that you don 't have any minor leaguers. you know you can keep those guys next year automatically, right?
1: yeah, I need to do that. I was thinking about that just yesterday um, i 'll I'll figure out how to do that. I, I have to admit this is my first season using fan tracks or really there's definitely a learning like curve this. it is it and is. Uh, yeah, yeah i 've struggled a lot with that, and I think that's that 's also part of why i 've been in in last like i 'm just you know, I've, I've always used ESPN. Uh, I've used Yahoo. I, I know CBS had a thing. I don't know if they still do, but, uh, had that years ago. Um, but I've never done fan tracks and I'm kind of like a fish out of water with it. So, um, yeah, I need to, I need to figure out how to get minor leaguers and keep them on my team. Are you guys oh. seeing what, what
2: I'm sharing here? Now, yeah, then, yeah. Since he was, uh, you know, talking about prospects, I figured might as well come take a look at some of the prospects that are listed here. What kind of players do you like? Maybe we can find one for you and we'll pick one for you live. Hold on. Hold on. Are
0: we literally like, okay, I always tell people, hey, you want help on your fantasy team? You got to tune in. And we're literally helping someone right now fix his team. Yeah, he's tuning in. He's
2: on air. He's here. Oh my God. Hey, hey, this is a life
0: group difference, you guys. This is a life group difference. I keep telling you all. You guys don't want to listen you, to me. Go you ahead. can get
2: Christian Pache. Felipe already had to dump him. Not much of an offensive player, but, you know, exciting speed. Kind of like a Victor Robles might get you some steals next year. You have flamethrower mm. Edward Cabrera. Daniel Lynch, I'm trying to think. Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll. I like the Arizona outfielders. Brandon Marsh is already in AAA for L.A. Oh, I hate when this happens on fan tracks.
0: There we go. Learning curve for all of us here too, Jim.
2: Campuzano's a, a really top-notch catching prospect. If you're looking for a long-term
0: oh.
1: person, there. Now that's now the Hunter, kind of catcher versus... I might take. That's yeah, that's intriguing.
2: Ronnie
0: Mauricio, Mets top yeah. shortstop prospect. Uh,
1: yeah, 19 years old,
0: Jim. He's only yeah. 19. Now you know, like, hold on. Uh, something that we gotta we got. I'm glad you guys are bringing this up right now. But something we gotta bring up is uh, we're a keeper league, but every three years we, we restart. So Hmm. yeah so by the time he's about ready to be called up you might not ronnie marce uh, what's the guy's name uh, Mar- ronnie Mar- mauricio Mar- ronnie mauricio by the time he gets called up that you you might be in, the, in that third season and that, that's it you might only get him for one year and so that's something to be mindful of but in your case because it looks like all the good uh prospects are taken you might have no choice but to take like a very very high upside guy like in this uh twenty, twenty one year old just so uh you can get uh, – what do you call it? Uh, like I said, take advantage of the high upside and maybe get yourself a, uh, a bona fide superstar in the future. But Yeah, then, for sure.
2: I mean, there's, there's some guys out there. Uh, India and Marsh are already, you know, in uh, the higher minors. India was in double-A and Marsh triple-A. So, Helio Ramos, same way. Yeah, like well, there are some guys out there that are on the cusp of the majors and definitely are options for you.
0: Hunter Green, right. high upside guy uh, with the uh, pitcher and a hitter. So,
2: and I'm excited be... to see what the uh, Kyle Bodie and the whole uh, driveline team—you know, Kyle Bodie's taken over in Cincinnati—is like their pitching development type deal. And I, I can't wait to see what they do with Hunter Green, who's coming back from Tommy John.
1: All right, so is the, is adding these guys just like adding a regular player? Because yeah. Um, uh,
2: yeah, you go to players, and then you go to status team, or you click on the little blue bars, and then okay. you can go down to minors fantasy available and that it'll show you which players are minors eligible
0: and available. Okay. Yeah. And, and you don't have to drop anyone because you don't have any yeah, – uh, Yeah, they go into your minors you slots. You, you don't haven't have to use any of your minor league any. slots. You just got to make sure you fix that. I think they're going to ask you, do you want him on your bench or you want him on your minor league slot and just pick the minor league slot yeah. and that, you get a free player. You, know? you don't have to drop anyone. Yeah. So uh, so, who, man, are, yeah who are, hey, who are listen, you
2: going up against this week? Those weekend? guys in our leagues let me say uh king Pudi. oh yeah no, no it's the playoffs <laughs> no right no uh i was talking about this one right now he he's winning he's he's beating yeah, Henry sorry, right yeah. now. 12
1: yeah. 12 10 let's see if it holds on um, one more day yeah we'll see we'll see on, i've had more. a i've had a lot of games that are that were lost in the last in the last day, day. <laughs> it's yeah. always brutal yeah that's that's actually been kind of the theme of the season like i I really thought I was sitting pretty and I actually had a pretty good start to the season, but uh, yeah, it has since kind of gone, gone down the, I don't know.
2: I said, well, it's like I said yeah, at the beginning, the it's like your uh, categories one versus categories lost differential is actually even. And there's teams that are ahead of you that have negative differentials. So it's, you've yeah. definitely hit a, a little bit of bad luck. You know, you've probably caught some of the hot teams on their better weeks and had your worst weeks against better weeks as well.
0: Yeah. What are you going to do?
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, fantasy football. sports for you.
0: Yeah. But you're still in it, Jim. I mean, if you, I think if you win, you, you, you pretty much sit – well, you kind of control your destiny. It just depends on other teams and stuff. I mean, you, you if you beat Henry, you basically – I think you knock him out of the playoffs, and then you put yourself in a good position to make the playoffs. So, I mean um, – yeah. sh- should we uh, let's take a look at that right now? Uh, what are Jim's chances of making the playoffs this yeah, year? Yeah, let's see. Okay, let, let me pull up. Standards. You got it. I don't have it. Yeah,
2: any. I got it. Um, All right. not what I wanted to do.
0: Really quick, Sean, I just want to make a you guys comment. got it right uh, a couple there? of our guys from the newbie league. Ain't- Yes. Uh, Sean, really quick, a couple of guys in the Newbie League uh, chimed in. Uh, Angel Morales is asking you, how do you beat Felipe? And the answer is, you can't beat Felipe. And then Austin.
2: Uh, Of course you can beat Felipe. I'm about to do it in the playoffs. uh,
0: I don't think so. Austin, (laughs) who did beat me in the Newbie League in that first week, uh, you know, he wanted to chime in and brag. uh, He defeated me that first week. And the way I see it, it was my spring training. You know, if the Inky fans can use that as an excuse, I can use that as an excuse. It was my spring training. It doesn't count. So there. I just wanted to <laughs> give a shout-out to both Austin and Angel for t- uh, tuning into this uh, show today. Thanks, yes. guys.
2: Yes. So right now, I would say there's – how many – eight teams going to the playoffs, correct? Yep. Yes. So the locks are me, you, Jet, James, and – The five and five, one, two. I'm trying to think. It depends if the five and six teams lose. There's going to be a lot of weird ties, and I can't remember exactly what our tiebreaker rules were. It was like head to head and then points or something like that. Um,
0: It might be because. Because four
2: and seven, I'm trying to think. Eight. If that would put you at four and seven, you could probably theoretically still make it. I'm not sure how the other
1: teams would have to be but yeah i'm sure it's there's probably like a mathematical possibility of it but not not really at
2: at least i'm not wheeling who started off four and one and has now lost five periods in a row oh that would that would have me some sort of tilted if i was matthew wheeling right now
0: yeah yeah uh i think the problem with wheeling i think he went on vacation and forgot about his team
1: (laughs) yeah that happens, though. Yeah. Last year, last year I, I had a pretty good lead in first place for a while, or at least you and I, Felipe, I think we're in first place for most of the season, and then, you know, at the, at the end, we both got taken over.
0: Well, you know what happened was
1: we were, we were
0: like, struggling, and then Aaron took over. Like, she couldn't lose yeah. anymore. Yeah. And I, but you mentioned that you're good against Aaron, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know why I always beat Aaron. I always – I have never lost to Aaron. <laughs> um <laughs> I, or I don't think I have unless unless I just wasn't paying attention at some point this year but I don't think I have I I know last year I was the only one who didn't lose to her. So I don't know why I don't know why.
0: What are you showing here Sean? Oh, oh I uh, yeah, was... yeah I
2: saw, I I was just pulling up my own team I forgot that I was sharing. <laughs> this is that oh. was my that was um That's my Oh, that's my other fan tracks. That's the uh, points league, the daily points league. It's a uh, – that's rough. I had such a good team. And then I I, I had Kirby Yates just like you did, Jim. and Yeah. <laughs> you really like – your top guys that you were relying on carrying you both, you know, hitting and relief pitching just really lets you down. Because, I, like I said, I, I loved your draft. I loved how you built the team. And it just – it didn't work out this year. And it happens sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a peculiar season. Very. Uh, <laughs> there's – yeah, I don't think anybody could have really planned well for this. If luck is ever a factor, it's this year.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: That's like when we were talking about um, Mike Harvey's team when we talked last week was his team had really been struggling, and then we looked at his roster, and he had five Cardinals on his roster that – guess what? The Cardinals didn't play for three weeks, so – Really yeah. tough to win when you don't have players uh, actually playing, much less performing well.
1: Yeah, I thought my cub heavy lineup might uh, might come in handy, but uh, it still didn't. <laughs> so
0: I got to ask you, Jim, uh, with, with the struggles that you've encountered this season, I mean, what's the one thing, you, the number one thing you learned uh, that you're going to take with you for next season
1: um, in this league, I should say what I, what I really need to do is just get more used to Vandrex. Like, like I, as far as drafting, um, strategy, I I don't think I would change a whole lot. Um, I usually do pretty well with my fantasy teams. Uh, but this was, uh, this was an off year. Um, you know, and I, I like that, you know my my players are reasonably spread out as far as talent goes yeah there's just bad luck so i don't think i would change a whole lot other than just getting more used to knowing what i'm doing with fan tracks, hitting that learning curve
0: yeah and unfortunately it's a shortened season so you don't we don't have that luxury of oh it'll turn around the second half like yeah that's a, like a bit for aaron that's the year. thing
2: is if we're in a full season I 100% think your team would balance out. J.D. Martinez and Cody Bellinger are way too good of hitters to have numbers like they are over a full season. But yeah. it's just over the span of a month, and it's just it, – it is how it is this year. It's terrible. Yeah,
1: those are, those are the guaranteed good seasons and the reason I picked them. Like, yeah. You know you know they're going to at least have a decent one.
2: I the the You got J.D. Martinez, I believe, in like the fifth round, which I thought was like fantastic value for him. And yeah. I was like – I was kicking myself. I was like, how did I not not already have him? But at that point, as me and Felipe have talked about relentlessly, is when we had that draft, I was stuck at the end of four rounds without a pitcher. And so even though J.D. Martinez was there, I could not pick J.D. Martinez. I had to pick a pitcher because – I had no pitching, and I still have no pitching, so it's biting me in the butt. Come
1: playoff time, pitching, yeah, pitching wins championships, even pick fantasy pick. championships. Yeah. <laughs> I've experimented with like ad- making my first five picks pitchers in the past, and I mean, it's not been a, it's not been terrible. Like I read, I read somewhere that people were doing that, and it was working out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's the best strategy, but it's also not. You know, it's not exactly a dead-ass last strategy either.
2: Yeah. Uh, I I do like the (laughs) pitching heavy, especially in a points league. I I know um, in our newbie league, it wasn't a points league, but I went Paddock, Scherzer, Bieber. Like, I want to say I had, like, all of them. And that was just, like, kind of experimenting to see how I was going to do in a categories league. Because there are so many good hitters. And in a regular season like this, or if there was a regular season not like this one, Then you could stream. You know, there's always hitters that are going to come up and do better than anyone expected. That you'll be able to get off the waiver wire. Meanwhile, you don't find those difference-making pitchers on the waiver wire that often. The hitters you do. Mm -hmm. So that's it's definitely a legitimate strategy. Yeah.
0: And with that being said, uh, Jim, uh, thank you for joining us today. Greatly appreciate you having uh, uh, a little bit of time to your busy uh, weekend schedule. Uh, waiting for you to give them more attention so we'll let you go spend some time with your uh with Boston.
1: yep all right thank all you right. so much man have a good one hey good talking to you guys yeah
2: well that was fun I, I love having guests on especially uh our own friends and uh neighbors as i referenced in my post earlier this week um love having our neighbors come join us on the podcast
0: yeah, man, that was fun. Um, I like, like I said, I wanted to do it for all the teams, but uh, all the owners. But I time, I didn't realize that time was going to be so short this year. I was actually, uh, what what you call it? Uh, I was expecting to have everybody be on the show and just talk to us about their fantasy baseball league. And next thing you know, we're starting our playoffs tomorrow. So. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just kind of. Uh, just kind of snuck up on us. But, yeah, we have next year as well. We'll be back next. Hopefully everybody else will uh, get used to the website. And uh, hey, for all the people in our fantasy baseball league at Fantrax, if you have any questions, please reach out to us. We have the chat. We have the uh, the Facebook group that's it's just all of us. Please uh, ask questions uh, if you need help with uh, navigating through the system. Sean's really good at it. I'm I'm always curious myself as to what people are trying to ask. Uh, something I wanted to ask Jim as well, if uh, if if there was something you could change in the league, what would it be? But it sounds like he's just trying to maneuver get his, his feet under him the with it. The website, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of which, uh, Austin uh, from the newbie league uh, is noticed, is wanting to know how do I go around with all the injury problems on my fantasy teams, and it just so happens that today we're going to be focusing on injuries. Uh, so it's a, it's very serendipitous that he's asking us about that. Um,
2: how did he get a hold of my notes? <laughs> I don't know. I've been man. hacked. Uh, I have been hacked.
0: Uh, well, well, with that, so let's see. What the, what's the exact – how do I handle a fan, uh, a fantasy baseball team like this with all the injury problems? Sean, what, what would you do?
2: Well, you, like you said, we were planning on talking about this, and maybe over the next season, you know, we can kind of have – flesh it out into a bit more of a uh, regular talking point. Um, but it's like – In this season with with COVID, you know, there's a positive test with the A's today. So that, like, throws up in the air starting A's for your next weekly period. Um, I know I'm not going to be starting any A's just – I mean, it's the first week of playoffs. I can't take that risk. And then you have guys that have come back, gotten hurt, and then gone right back on the I.L. And just in the last, like, five days since we last spoke, I went and I looked at a lot of the injuries to major players that have gone on the I.L., And then I've also gone back and looked at, you know, some people that have been on the aisles some of the year and are starting to come back. And that, guess what? Maybe somebody uh, gave up on this person thinking they were going to miss the entire season. And you are able to capitalize and pick them up like uh, Josh Donaldson. I believe Aaron Zuck dropped Josh Donaldson and I was scouring the web and he could return sometime this week for Minnesota. And if he can fill out a corner infield slot for me, if as I go through the playoffs, that's uh that's valuable. And I, I believe being up to date on injuries and players coming back from injuries is something that can really give you an edge on the waiver wire as well as in trades.
1: Yeah,
0: that's a that's good advice. I mean, Think about it, injured players are, are just uh, low commodity, low priced players. You know, the, the, their stock is dropping. I mean, we're you know we're treating them like they're, like like literally like they're stock bonds or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's what that's not the, that's the mentality you have to take. I mean, uh, buy low, sell so high. Of, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I mean, someone who was on the waiver wire because he got injured. Uh, that's that's, that's uh, what do you call it? A, a free shot for you to take on, on a guy who you know is good. For I, I'll use mine as an example. I had uh, Steven Strasberg and Noah Syndergaard on my key, and my other keeper team, and I was just trying to get rid of them as much as I can because I needed the roster space. And I, let's face it, they're not coming back next year, not after. I mean, the chances for Thor to come back the way he was before for next season are just not very promising. And Steven Strasberg, I think uh, we all know that he's been on a ticking time bomb for a while now. So I just do any trade out there and see who would take. And then it just so happens that uh, I made an offer for Carlos Carrasco and Bo Bichette. Uh, Bo Bichette, is, as Sean would know, uh, is someone I have clamored for and I have been putting for a long time now. And luckily for me, Bichette got injured and the owner was like, yeah, I'll take that trade. I'll take the two pitchers for <laughs> Bo Bichette. And, uh, yeah, so in that respect, that's one way where you can take – you can use the injuries to your advantage and get the players that you really want at a lower price. So that's one thing. Uh everything else I mean make sure you use your injured league slots those are very key Uh, some leagues have more than others I know in our newbie league we have three uh, right I think we have yeah we have three in our newbie league so utilize them maneuver around them and uh, pick up healthy bodies I mean that's Burn and churn man. Just one goes down, bring somebody else. Do you think you list this S Grant method of uh, winning this war here? Just <laughs> if ten thousand die, just bring ten thousand more from the Union. Screw it. At least that's what I was.
2: This gonna, that that general didn't work for you. I, I'll get a new one. Throw it out and get a new one. <laughs>
0: no, that's Abe Lincoln's uh, theory right there, too. <laughs> uh, Manuel so, yeah.
2: is asking in the comments if we did mention the A's COVID tests. Uh, we did mention it briefly. um I'm, I have several A's. I have Mark Canna and Robbie Grossman in the Baseball Life League, guys that, you know, solid batting averages so far this year, walk a lot. They really buoy my walk-to-strikeout ratio, which is one of our stats. And now I'm going to have to go into this week without them. Granted, I feel perfectly fine with the backups I have, guys like uh, Fran Miel Reyes and Brian Reynolds. But at the same time, I wouldn't be starting those guys if I had Grossman and Canna available based on how they've been playing. But they have one positive test today. They're off tomorrow, and then they are scheduled Tuesday through Sunday. If they go based on how the Mets handled it, which seemed to be like a best-case scenario, they still missed you know about four days. And I don't know how they're going to make that up, and I'm not willing to risk if they're going to make it up or how many games they're actually going to miss this week. So if you have the space, I would not start those guys.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm thinking about doing that myself in my other league as well, as I do have a lot of third basemen. Thankfully, I just, I I only have Matt Chapman who's been tremendous for me this year, but if he's hurt, then. But uh,
2: speaking about the A's and then you mentioned Chapman, uh, this was part of from my injury little newsletter, the, the who's gone. Uh, Marcus Simeon played game one of the doubleheader yesterday but was scratched before the second game and actually went to go get an MRI. So this might be a serious injury, you know, going to the aisle. We don't know yet. Um, It was apparently left side soreness. And Matt Chapman played his first career game at shortstop. Yes. Which could be an interesting development moving forward if Marcus Simeon does miss time. How much time does Matt Chapman play at shortstop? And does he get shortstop eligibility? Because if he gets shortstop eligibility, that means he'll probably carry it into next year as well. And he becomes a very, very valuable shortstop at an already deep position. Third base and shortstop are already very deep this year, and he just makes it even deeper.
0: Now, that's going to be interesting because a lot of leagues – like I know in our leagues, I I, I made it to the point that they have to play 20 games at each position to qualify for next year, right? So – uh, Matt uh, Chapman would need to start playing 20 games at shortstop to qualify for next season. It's a shortened season, though. Uh, are these websites going to prorate them for next year, or are they just going to take the, the actual count of games? Yep. That that will That's be interesting to see if they uh, do change that. I hope they don't, but I could see them going that route, which is really going to mess my mess my research up for next season. But, you know, this Austin was – telling us he has whatever or uh, on, on his roster in the newbie league, he six guys injured. But I'll just have to adapt for next year. You have to adapt. It's, it's all about adaptability and uh, blending in, with you surroundings in the environment, all that, blah, 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 Darwinism and fantasy baseball. But no, you just you know, just got to figure out if they're coming back anytime soon. If they're, and if they're off for a long period of time, I think it's time for – I mean, Sean, you chime in and tell me if you agree with this or not. But if they're off for like two or three weeks – at this point of the season, I think it's you got to figure that you might have to just dump these guys sometimes, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. Because now a two to three week injury, you're lucky. I mean, for us, our last week ends the 20th of September. So that's three weeks away. Uh, the season runs through the very end of September, but we're, we're having it, you know, just like in a regular uh, fantasy season. We're going to end a little bit before the actual regular season. Um, so, yeah, two, three weeks. Like guys, like, I think that's why so many people felt comfortable dropping Justin Verlander when his news went out. And Bo Bichette, I almost dropped Bo Bichette in another league because they said that he might not come back until the third week of September, but now they're saying he's already working out and he might be activated you know, sometime in the next ten days, which that means i get him for a week and a half maybe. But if I had dropped him, then I wouldn't have had him for that week and a half.
0: So yeah, just use your best judgment. Uh, look at the injury reports, and in uh, the newbie league, I think the newbie league might go all the way through September. I'm not too hundred percent sure on that one, but yeah, just uh, use your best judgment as you can. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, basically, I think we mentioned this before, Sean. Basically, in football season, this is how this is the mentality we have right now in baseball. is uh, is similar to fantasy football. Is if a guy is hurt for more than a week or so, you might have to consider dropping them because uh, the stakes are higher and the season is not that long to make up for those lost games.
2: So, yeah. And I mean, just looking at some of the big names yeah. that have gone on the IL. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: Oh, so, some of the big names that have gone on the aisle over the last week, you have Aaron judge and Glaber Torres for the Yankees uh, judge sounds like he's going to miss at least 20 days. They said he's going to be on in, as twice as long as he did last time. And he was on the IL for 11 days last time. So do the math, I guess. Uh, Ryan Yorborough, who, you know, not a big strikeout guy, but has always been very good ratio pitcher. He went on the IL. Uh, Walker Bueller, 10-day IL with a blister. Nate Evaldi to the IL. Um, Kiona Kella, who was, you know, picking up the save here and there uh, for Pittsburgh and possibly a trade target to go to another team. Um, he got the dreaded forearm tightness uh, diagnosis, so we'll see what that means especially for a team like Pittsburgh, you know, who Keona was obviously their most valuable trade candidate. Um, and with the major league deadline coming on tomorrow, uh, probably not going to be able to move him. Starling Castro, I, I thought this was interesting. He was officially moved to the 45-day IL. He broke his hand or thumb or something like that. So I feel like that opens up somewhat good playing time for – or. Standard playing time for not only as Drupal Cabrera, but Carter Keboom, who I believe was optioned to the alternate site. But with that change, he might be coming back up because um, – or if it's not Carter Keboom, uh, Luis Garcia, the rookie that they've had playing, he's had a nice little hot start to his career. So those are some of the guys that are leaving us. Um, some guys that have not gone on the aisle yet but have dealt with some injuries. Uh, we mentioned Marcus Simeon and then your very own Yohan Moncada was pulled out of the game in the ninth inning yesterday um, after a slide. Apparently he's been dealing with leg soreness, hamstring issue most of yeah. the season, but um, it was bad enough that he was at second base nice. after sliding in and had to be pulled from the game. So that's always something you have to keep an eye on with players is those nagging hamstrings. It's They never seem to go away unless you sit them for six to eight weeks, which – in this season, you can't.
0: They, they can't do it. Yeah, and he's not been the same. It was kind of a, kind of his coming out party. And this year, it's just been a whole different ballgame for him. He's not been the same. Uh, Austin has more questions. I think you saw it already. Uh, not questions, but he just wanted to give the list of the interplayers. players. Uh, David Dull, uh who I think it's time for, to drop that guy. anyway. I mean, would you? I mean, let's do that for him right now. I mean, he's he's a uh, he's been listening. He was like on.
2: When I it's was going curious. through all of the uh, the players uh, via ESPN's injury report, they did say um, Rocky's manager, David Dahl, is supposed to be coming back within the week. So really? maybe hold on to him. Maybe you don't. It's, uh, it's a close one either way.
0: He's always hurt, though. Like, yeah, he, he is always hurt. He is, like, I mean, yeah, I
2: mean, yeah, he's always hurt. So I, I,
0: He has everything going for him, right? I mean, he's on a prime team uh, – he looks like they—they give him every opportunity to succeed over there, despite the fact that they're pretty deep in outfield times, and he just gets injured all the time. And, and it's not even like fluky injuries; it's like these long-term things or whatever. And and it really—it's an oblique. It, that's back. why i kind of losing uh, I mean, patience have... with him. Oh, it's always something. Nick Senzel, uh, do you have hope for him still or no? Um, he's—they still haven't given an update
2: on him at all. Um, I think he was the one when the Reds had their outbreak, but it was only the one or two people, like one player and one coach, like it was for the Mets. I think Senzel was the one who tested positive, and they have not given any sort of update on him in over 10 days. So um, if you're in a redraft league, he's, he's drop material. Just, I mean, cut bait, find somebody he's else.
0: All, yeah, these are all guys in a newbie league, so it's just, the, yeah, like you said, it's a redraft league. So Dylan Moore from the – was that the Mariners, right? Yeah, Dylan Moore.
2: Uh, he was off to a little hot start.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of him.
2: uh, Most of those Mariners hitters, aside from like J.P. Crawford, Kyle Lewis, I could
0: really care less about. (laughs) Uh, Ozzie Albie's, I feel like you gotta. What's his deal? But I feel like you gotta keep him around.
2: I haven't heard anything on Albie's. I didn't see an update on him. Um, And then he he also mentions uh, Mitch Garver and AJ Puck. What's AJ Puck? He's starting a throwing uh, program. yeah, he's gonna. They he's going to pitch this year, but it's not going to be in the rotation.
0: Yeah, you might want to drop. Uh, I feel it's it's A.J. Puke, not A.J. Puck, but I don't know. Maybe it's uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've Maybe been waiting Puck. on A.J. I've been waiting on A.J. Puck Puke for a long time now. It's like is he even considered a highly touted prospect at this point. Uh, and Mitch Garber, I, he's. I think you mentioned it before that he's just not uh, the approach that he had last year has kind of disappeared on him this year as he's not uh, hitting the ball with authority as much as he was like last the, season. And the report okay on,
2: on Ozzy Albies from just a couple of days ago is that he is unlikely to rejoin the team before the end of its current road trip, which lasts through Wednesday, according to Mark Bowman at MLB.com.
0: I think you, you, a, a talent like Albies, I think you can just wait around, but make sure you have a viable uh, replacement. Option, yeah. uh, replacement. Thank you. So, but yeah, I think Alves is too good to drop at this point. And that takes us to, I mean, anybody else you want to talk about uh, uh, in terms of injuries? You know,
2: we talk about the people that are definitely leaving us, you know, going on the IL, uh, the the judges, the Buellers that uh, we didn't, I didn't forgot to mention them, but Jordan Alvarez officially had his two, his double knee surgery. Somewhere Yoana Cespedes is doing the whole Spider-Man thing. Like you had double leg surgeries. I had double leg surgeries.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just a coincidence yeah. here, Sean. <laughs> uh, that's the coincidence. For those who can't see, if I am holding my Spider-Man mug, which is uh, running out of coffee. But oh, no.
2: But um, just as we have players that are leaving us, we have players that are about to return, especially in a short season. Um, another owner might have given up on these people, like I mentioned, the Donaldson situation for me. Um, Hunter Harvey, if you need saves, Hunter Harvey is about to be activated. And Brandon Hyde came out and said that he's going to get saves, but he's just probably not going to pitch back-to-back days. He he basically said he's going to be the closer, but he's not going to be the closer. So if you need saves, Hunter Harvey had the electric stuff last year and picked up a lot of saves down the stretch for Baltimore and really stabilized their bullpen. So Hunter Harvey is a guy that's probably available in your leagues because he's been hurt all year, and he might – help you out down the stretch um if you need starting pitchers you know we've been talking all season about not having starting pitchers uh carlos radone the- question, oh, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah go for it
0: sorry about that uh i have to uh two players for the orioles uh tanner scott is he still healthy yes i believe so uh, okay, i haven't I heard anything uh, about, to the contrary so are you telling me I thought I saw something. Okay, uh, are you telling me I have to drop? I should just drop Cole, Cole Solzer at this point. Yes, that was yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. I was really hoping to get my points, my saves points this week, but I guess not. Anyway, go on. Um, oh,
2: okay. Um, if you need starting pitching, uh, Carlos Rodone is scheduled to pitch a simulated game today and get his pitch count up to around sixty or seventy which would probably put him starting sometime next week. But the two that you should really be interested in is for Miami. They're finally starting to get their players back from their their original COVID, especially the starting pitchers, who not only did they have to recover from having COVID, but then they once once again had to build up their arms after taking two and a half weeks off. Uh, Sandy Alcantara is starting today. And Caleb Smith is slated to start one of the three games I believe they're playing against the Blue Jays early this week. So there's some starting options for him. Uh, Nick Madrigal just returned from his injury, um, hit a – it was like the the balls that David Fletcher has hit that are like four feet above the strike zone. He hit one, and it was like the softest line drive I've ever seen, but the the infield was playing in. So he picked up an RBI in his first game back. Um, another relief option, Nick Anderson threw a bullpen session yesterday and is expected to throw one more before being activated with that Rays bullpen in complete flux. They've just been devastated by injuries, but because they're the Rays, they just throw whoever it is in there and they do great. Like if you, if you saw their line from yesterday, Josh Fleming, a guy that I saw pitch multiple times in Montgomery didn't think he was anything special. He has like a 1.7 ERA through two starts. Oh and then the next four relievers if you knew their first names props to you i think i knew two of them and i was more than most people um, that's most of the injury updates alex bregman is back to working out and running at the alternate site so he should be back if you've been waiting on him chris bryant's the same way um He's progressing from his wrist injury. He worked out at Wrigley, as well as taking five to ten at-bats at the alternate site over the last few days. So some stars coming back, uh, some relief help on the way, and some starting pitching help already here.
0: Uh, Just just in. You ready? Go for it. Uh, The Red Sox send first baseman Mitch Moreland to the Padres for outfielder Jason Rosario and third baseman Hudson Potts.
2: To the who? The Blue Jays?
0: The pa- the Padres. Padres.
2: The Padres. Jason Rosario is a interesting dynasty candidate. Really good. What the hell do the Padres need a first baseman for? Uh,
0: I don't know. Or to what? Uh, to DH sometimes. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Okay.
2: Get it. Okay. But okay. They- Epler. Uh, Epler and Depoto are like long lost twins. They just make the deals. I feel like just to make them. But speaking of trades involving the Padres, we talked about Rosenthal and Stalmont last week, and yeah. here we are now this week, and Rosenthal's been traded. And now Felipe has the air apparent to saves in Kansas City. How are excited are both. you about that?
0: I have both, actually. Oh, you, have you do have both? Okay. In all my leagues. In all my leagues, man. I, 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 I don't know what to make of it uh, with the Rosenthal, because I still believe in Rosenthal, like – I'm, I'm pulling up the uh, Padres roster research for everybody to see here, um, but uh, the way I see it, at this point uh, of the season, I think Rosenthal is still the Padres' best option to close out games, and I like Emilio Pagán. But I, and Drew Pomeranz is back. But I, I, when it's all said and done, I feel like Pomeranz is going to be uh, utilized as a late inning replace, uh, late inning relief pitcher because he's just so damn good. And then Emilio Pagano will probably be relegated to, what, sixth, seventh-inning duties?
2: We got got another bomb from Passan. Breaking news, I don't want to interrupt you. Designated Jose Martinez has been traded back into the National League Central to the Chicago Cubs. Two players to be named Ah! later heading back to Tampa Bay.
0: Wow. Wow. I did not expect the Cubs to do that kind of move. But, uh, all right. I like it. Um, Wow, you just – you just threw me off the of loop. Yeah, <laughs> right? I'm telling you, all
2: these trades are coming in fast and hard right now.
0: Fast and furious. 8, <laughs> 9, 10, 11. Uh, wow. I mean, that's interesting because, uh, I mean, Jose Martinez has to be like their DH at this point. Um, yeah. But the Cubs, I mean, they've been waiting all their life for the DH to come, and now that they the DH is here, is like – I feel like now they they, they – uh, they're just trying to make up for lost time and get options on that team because for a long time, oh, if the DH was around, we could put Kyle Schrober at DH or Ian Happ at DH and get him regular at-bats or this guy or that guy. So this should be interesting. Oh, um, none, of back-
2: this, none of this makes sense. Why? What is what is baseball in 2020? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. If uh, HG Wells – uh no, oh, that's a horrible example, HG Wells, because I think that – book was made when there was no baseball. But yeah, if you get a guy, if you get a person from 1976, time travel ahead to 2020, the the National League has a designated hitter. I think they freak out. Um, But anyway, getting back to the Padres, I still feel Rosenthal is the best option. He's having too good of a year not to be put in that situation. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed and assume that the Padres see what I see and that Rosenthal has to be your ninth inning guy and everybody else has, has to be relegated down to uh late I will say it. this
2: is Drew Pomeranz did just return from the IL, Apparently so, so. And, he, yeah. and he was, you know, he was picking up the saves right before he left. Um, but it's because the Padres didn't have anybody else to do it, so for it, it'll be you know? interesting to see how they do a timeshare between because pa- it's definitely, I think, going to be between Pomeranz and Rosenthal. Like you said, Rosenthal's having too good of a year. Um, Closer. it'll be interesting.
0: Uh, but that's why I'm I'm keeping faith that Rosenthal has to be the guy. Pomeranz is left-handed, you know. Yeah, I, I know Matt Stram is pretty damn good too. I love the Padres both I love the Padres. I, I don't get me wrong, but in this situation, I think Pomeranz is just best suited as a left-handed pitcher to be the high-leverage guy, regardless yeah. of any The, the right? Andrew Miller role. <laughs> yeah, the Andrew Miller role. Yeah. So that takes care of the Padres. Now we move on to the Royals because uh, they don't have a closer anymore, and I'm waiting for this to load up and. We can talk about the player that the Royals got back. But I just wanted to look at their situation in the bullpen because now it gets interesting. And it's it's total basis podcast serendipity. We talked about uh, – what's the guy's name? Josh Stallman, right? Yes. Uh, being the heir apparent. And look at that. Oh, it's a three-four-headed monster. <laughs> according to uh, – I, I think resources. it's going to be Stalman Stallman and Barlow.
2: Those are going to be the two. They've been – perform the best they're the youngest they have the most upside
0: yeah so uh if you don't have Josh Stalman and you're in my league unfortunately sorry to do that to you but I have to do what's best for my for my business but Scott Barlow is a viable option I believe um I just we talked about Josh Stalman last week he has this he just has that stuff and the um he, he, he has a look of being that closer right yeah. the ninth inning guy he throws 100 miles an hour he has a nasty curveball the one thing i don't like is that he gets hit hard very hard but the way i see it he throw hard you get hit hard i don't know yeah. but uh they have options uh, they have Greg Holland who's a veteran uh Jesse Hahn who's still around to my surprise but this is the guy to get and if not him then Scott Barlow would be the next man up for the royals if you're if you're desperate for saves
2: and remember we told you this last week <laughs>
0: I'm telling you guys, listen, don't be, like if you're in our, in our baseball league, don't be mad at us for, for dominating. Oh, well, of course you're dominating. They're the commissioners. Well, of course they are dominating because they set the rules up. Well, of course you're dominating because, no, we tell you what we're going to do, and you guys can't
2: stop us. I mean, Felipe, literally during the podcast last week, after went and the picked podcast. up – Oh, okay, after it was after right after. It, right. it was right at the buzzer. Uh, he went and picked up
0: Josh Stalmont. Josh I was very hurt and offended by that. Hey – I gave you guys a five minutes, a five-minute window to pick up Josh Stalman, and nobody did. Like, well, if no one's <laughs> going to do it, I'm going to do it. You know? And it was when you and I were talking afterwards, uh, after the show was done. We, that's when uh, I decided, well, five minutes has gone by. I'm going to pick him up. But we tell you who we like and who we might pick up. That's on you if you don't do it. We gave you guys a full week in advance that this was going to happen, and it happened. And now uh, look at it. Josh Stom is in the precipice of getting a bunch of saves to end the year, and I have him on all my teams. So, oh, uh, Edward Olivares, right?
2: Yes, Edward Olivares is the other athletic speed power combo outfielder going to Kansas City from San Diego for a relief pitcher. Tell me if you've heard this story before, because it happened right at the very beginning of the season when San Diego traded Franchi Cordero to Kansas City for Tim Hill. So, I feel like we're just making the same trade over again, except with slightly better players. And Edward Olivares is a really interesting pick. Uh, he start, He actually played uh, about well, – I'll tell you exactly. He played in 13 games towards the beginning of the season. And the best way I've likened him is kind of to a Starling Marte. He's got great speed. He's got a compact swing. It's just the hit tool he – has always been like a 270 hitter and then in double a last year which is usually the hardest d- jump for a hitter to make from high a to double a pitching. Um he had his best offensive year posting an 801 OPS, 283 average, 453 slugging and of course as we talk about in fantasy, people lose their minds for stolen bases. He stole 35 bags in 127 games. He hit 18 home runs. And he increased his contact across the board. And now going to Kansas City, the only person I could really think that's blocking him is Alex Gordon, which Mm -hmm. it might finally just be time to put him to pasture and old yeller him if we have to. But Oliveris is a guy who down the stretch, you get some stolen bases, you get some home runs. He's an interesting prospect. He just has to make the contact because he did strike – we saw it. His first taste against Major League Pitching, Felipe showing it on the screen right now, he had a strikeout rate over 35%. But uh, his, his, his batted ball data actually wasn't terrible. Um, actually, it was. The, the last two games must have really brought it down. Um, but he's an interesting player. He's, still, he's not young for he's, – he's 24 years old, but the development for him was slower. And now that he's finally hit the double-A level – we might see more of a development as he, you know, moves up the ranks.
0: I mean, this is the reason you get him. I mean, 35 stolen bases in double A last year. Yeah. Uh, 21 in single A the year before. Uh, like, we went up to his scouting report stuff, and it, he's not very uh, – doesn't have a lot of upside according to fan graphs. Uh, he's more, you know, speed and defense kind of guy, as you can see yeah. from his high numbers here. Um, there is some potential with the power and the hit tool, but, it. I mean – Still, it's, it's If the hit
2: team. tool becomes a 50, he yeah. is a legitimate Major League starter. I'm just – because, you know, I've had this discussion on Twitter and Facebook and inside of Baseball Life everywhere, is that when we look at a hit tool, it's like everyone sees, like, Ahmed Rosario had a 60-grade hit, hit tool, according to Fangrass. And it's like they see yeah. the electric hands – or the electric bat, the quick hands, but they don't yeah. see pitch – like, I feel like pitch recognition isn't as – vital to that calculation as it should be and i feel like that's something edward olivares is really going to have to learn and develop is you know pitch recognition swinging at good pitches and taking the bad pitches because you can have the quickest hands the most electric bat but if you're swinging at every slider that breaks out of the zone righty on righty you're not going to last in the major leagues you're just not
0: yeah, and I think the reason that his uh, strikeout numbers don't look as bad in Double A is because he was 23 years old playing in Double A. Would you agree with that? State? Yeah,
2: and and he's never been. You know, you look at his his strikeout numbers. He's never been somebody that that strikes out a whole lot, but he's never walked a whole lot either. Granted, that three percent jump between High A and Double A is encouraging. That was the main reason I went and picked him up in my giant 30 team dynasty league. Um, even though it's a points league, and I believe his plate discipline really worries me. In a points league, the the upside there is I still think credible enough to roster in you know deep dynasty leagues where you know you had each team has like ten or twelve prospects. I know that's not many leagues, but there are some like that.
0: Alrighty, so intriguing prospect. I might just go pick them up five minutes after the show is over. No. <laughs> but- but you know, speaking of uh, of an intriguing 24-year-old prospect, we move on to the next trade, which was the uh, Oakland Athletics. Uh, from earlier this week, the Oakland. I Athletics. really
2: like that segue, Felipe. <laughs> now, another 24 year old prospect with a cup to, of coffee at the majors
0: <laughs> i had to jump on it before it was too late the timing is everything you know just like in comedy uh angels and and a's made a trade earlier and the only reason i'm bringing this up even though it's like already old news is because we had a, a very heated discussion in a private chat between the, some of the admins and, and myself and i feel like uh people are Down on, what's his guy's name? Franklin uh, Franklin Barreto a little bit. But first guy we're going to talk about is Tommy Lastella. He's now with the Oakland Athletics, who we just mentioned. Uh, He's already uh, slated to bat second behind Marcus Simeon in a perfect world. You know, although, as you can see right here, Simeon is injured. So Lastella probably still stuck at the number two spot. But uh, how'd you like that trade there, Sean?
2: I like Tommy Lastella. I think he's a, a very good, you know... Professional hitter. I kind of seen see him have the Daniel Murphy career arc right now of you know someone who he never had as high of an average in his younger years like Murphy did, but he developed that power stroke last year and he's always been someone that makes a lot of contact. Uh, what Lestella focused on last year was you know doing damage on. He, he learned pitches that he could not only make contact with but do damage with, and you know started pulling the ball more. And then he had the freak you know foul ball off the knee and missed the last two months. I'm not sure how well I like him hitting in a ballpark like the Coliseum. Um, he's not someone who hits the ball extremely hard. Um, he does, you know, barrel it up slightly better than average. Yeah. It's a good lineup if he's going to be between, you know, the Chapmans and the Olsons, Piscotti in that, in that range, Simeon. It's, it's just a very deep lineup, so it is a good lineup for him. Uh, he should have, you know, ample RBI opportunities. It's – I just – I don't expect a lot of power from him hitting in that ballpark, but he still has that contact ability to fall back on.
0: Uh, I was going to mention something. Uh, LaStella, the one thing that LaStella has going is that – you know how Oakland, they like their players, and he kind of fits that mold. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, uh, he, he's very much a, an, an Oakland hitter, I feel like.
0: yeah. So he fits it right well in. It's just you still need to produce. You still need the results. So hopefully for his sake, he's kind of been uh, breaking out. No pun intended with the breaking, broken kneecap, but he broke <laughs> out late last year. Um, but he's 31 years old. I believe he's going to be a free agent next year. Yeah, free
2: agent at the end of the year.
0: So it, this could be a rental player. I, I know that Austin's already mentioned the Angels traded the right guy to the right team but got the wrong player. The Angels need pitching, not another utility infielder. But let's get into it. I mean, the way I see it, if if La Stella had a trademark, as much as people as Angel fans think he had he they, they would have gotten that guy, but they didn't. Instead, they get this guy named Franklin Barreto, who I've been kind of uh, keeping an eye on for a long time now. Uh, and I think uh, let me see my our good guy friend uh, Manuel Hernandez mentioned that Barreto was the one who got the COVID nineteen, and he's on the COVID nineteen protocol.
2: But uh, I I did hear that he was only going through the only put on the COVID nineteen list because he had to go from one team to the other. And so he was going through the new team's intake. Um, it is very positive. or I mean, it's completely possible that he could have tested positive during that intake, uh, but they haven't released anything to that effect yet. Um, okay. Just because just he's on the COVID IL doesn't mean he is the one that tested positive. Uh, that, that was news from yesterday that they put him on it because he had to go through a new team's intake process.
0: All right. Well, with that, it, uh, that's good. Thank you for clarifying that. I uh, was uh, really worried for us uh, for a bit there. Hopefully it's this is just a, a procedural thing and nothing too serious. But Angels are also looking to trade Andrelton Simmons as well. Uh, so, yeah, maybe Franklin Brutto can come in and take over for the Angels in that regard. But like I said, this is a guy I've been keeping tabs on for a long time now. Uh, as you can see, much better – figures and numbers than edward olivares who also comes with high upside same age this is what people are complaining about zero options in the minors right now at the moment and i'm at i'm at this point i'm like thinking like who cares he's still 24 years old he still has high upside you got you're basically got rid of a a, a 31 year old with a broken knee uh, coming back from a very horrid injury and getting back a, a franklin Barretto tech player who has been on the precipice of getting that shot in the majors that um, unfortunately for him, he was playing on the wrong team because the Oakland athletics aren't win now mode and the angels are not. So, I mean, yep. is this a good assessment, uh, Sean? What do you, what's your take on this? I
2: mean, Franklin Barreto was one of the key pieces in that Josh Donaldson trade. And so this basically yep. closes the book on the Josh Donaldson from A's to the blue Jays. and Barreto has, you know, played at least 23 games since 2017 And his strikeout percentage in those three seasons, 43% in 2017, (laughs) 38.5% in 2018, and 39.7% in 2019. I just think he's one of those guys that the scouts missed. I I think they just missed on him. I think he's one of those, oh, he had such, you know, if he fills out his frame, if he does this, if he does that, he's going to be a real good player. And he never did that. And he had the frame to be a solid middle infielder. And I just, I mean, I don't see it. I, I, I This trade didn't make sense to me. Um, I thought that if the Angels could trade Lestella, they could, could have gotten somebody better than Franklin Barreto. Because at this point, I don't even think it's an options thing because at this point, he's going to have to play. And if he doesn't play, if he doesn't perform, then he's. I I, I don't see what sending him to AAA is going to do. He's basically shown what he is at AAA. Uh, he, he does very well in AAA, but it's when he comes up to the majors, he doesn't hit. So I, I think he's just one of those former top prospect Quad A players that's going to bounce around. And maybe he carves out a utility role somewhere in the future, but I don't think he's going to be any sort of an impact player.
0: Uh I still have hope for him. Uh I know the zero options is, is very damning and yeah. And if you're the Angels, you're not gonna win anyway, so you might as well put him in AAA A or, or, or the uh whatever they have going now of uh, uh the, the the secondary location It's the thing
2: they they can't send him to the alternate site. You have to be optioned to the alternate site.
0: Oh that's right, sorry. Yeah. But at any rate, right? You bid your time. If you're gonna trade Angelton Simmons, you trade them. And again, the Angels fans, like, oh, they should have done this. But if if there was a trade market for La Stella, they would have done it. I don't well, I don't think that you see what I, I is easy
2: with the Mitch Moreland trade we just saw.
0: Yeah. I, I don't
2: feel like Mitch Moreland and Tommy LaStella. Mitch Moreland obviously has the higher power upside, but is more of a platoon risk. Yeah, I don't see there a much of a difference in total skill between Lestella and Moreland and the Red Sox and the Heim Bloom. Credit to him, got
0: way more value than the Angels just got for Lestella. No, I, I mean that's that's fair, but I'm just saying if Lestella was this guy that everybody wanted, I'm pretty sure the Angels would have gotten the same deal. I, I don't think he's anything special. I mean, yeah, he's shown in one half of a season that he could what the the potential that he displayed when he was a Braves prospect back in 2013. But you just said so yourself. In Oakland, he's probably going to struggle and not post the same numbers. Uh, you know who would have done well in Oakland with, the, with and show, display that same power? Mitch Moreland. Yeah. So, it's like, <laughs> come on, you guys. It, La Stella is I – lo, I love the skill set that he brings, but in terms of productivity and, and, and the raw athleticism, there is none. Like, it, it's it's, uh, it's pitch recognition. and He's an ability out.
2: over – uh, it's, it's ability over skill play set. No, it's the set.
0: opposite. Uh, skill over ability. I, I, Matt Bush and I, we did this thing. Okay, skill and athleticism. And we figured that a guy like Jacoby Jones is on the athletic part of the spectrum. And a guy like LaSella would be on the skill spectrum. And you want those guys who can do the, both. Both, okay. Like okay. A Mike Trout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, that, that's the, so I had to uh, – because uh, we're going to use it a lot. <laughs> so it's a skill versus athleticism. And, yeah, he has a skill, but there's really no upside to La Stella anymore. He's 31 years old, coming back from a bad, a, a freaky injury. And, and God bless him. He's, he's doing his part to, you know, be relevant. But I, I these, if, if everybody saw La Stella the same way, that every Angels fan sees him, they would have made that deal. But there, I honestly think there was no, no market for La Stella. And this is the result.
2: I think, if anything, this was um, – what's the Angels GM's name? Is that Bill uh, Epler? Epler? Bill Epler, yeah. Uh, that, uh, GM names are confusing me right now. This is a guy – I mean, Stella posted an 832 OPS last year, and so far this year was posting an 822 OPS. Uh, the numbers were slightly different. His batting average was lower, on-base percentage higher. I feel like this was a move he made – because they're starting to feel the heat with the deadline tomorrow. He said, if I don't get rid of him now, I'm, somebody might not come calling later. And I, I feel like he just took what was given to him, which maybe Beretta works out. This, that, there is still upside there. I just – I don't think Beretta has enough, you know, actual ability to hit and to tap in to his, you know, great tools.
0: Yeah, it's possible, or he could become the next Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson kind of did the same. We just talked about Tim Anderson, and for a long time, I was a very non-believer of Tim Anderson because he he strikes out too much and he doesn't walk enough, and it's pretty much the same with Barretto. He strikes out too much, doesn't walk enough. Although with Barretto, I mean, he got 10% in AAA as a 23-year-old. Um, I just think it's a thing with Barretto. I think we still got to see him in regular at-bats, and I, I don't think he was getting that in Oakland. There's no way. I mean, 75 yeah. plate appearances here, 58 over here, 10 this season. And
2: Especially with years. how – I mean, they wanted him to do something. Uh, he only got uh, 10 plate appearances. You have his page pulled up right now. But it's yeah. they got rid of Profar. It seemed like they were trying to clear a spot for him, but it's just – it's never been there. Oh, my God, look at those wall crates in 2018 and 2019.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and that's, that's major league level. But, again yeah. – He's that's in part time duty. I mean, I, yeah. I I know because I've been I've been waiting on Barretto too. I, it's just he, I always, it looks like he melts. Keep an eye on him.
2: It just looks like he melts when he
0: gets to the major leagues. But he also doesn't get a lot
2: of playing time. Is what yeah. I'm
0: saying. Like yeah, you think oh well he's brought up because he's gonna get a lot of playing time and like oh he uh, play this day, today, skip tomorrow, skip the next day, skip the next day. Okay, we'll start this day and then they're like okay, show us what you got, kid. Like thanks, I, I just I'm I'm a three day rust here. But I have which, three-day, which three-day speaking
2: to of. After like two plus years of the Astros seemingly not doing everything in their power not to play him, have you been seeing the numbers that Kyle Tucker has been put up, putting up he is I have single, not. he is single handedly carrying not only my fantasy team in the baseball life League but he is carrying that Astros lineup um, over a span of not even ten days he 's raised his average almost forty points, raised his slugging to five hundred eighty eight and had 4, six, seven, nine, 11, 12, 15, 18 RBIs in the last nine games. Um, he's hit three triples in that time – or actually, uh, three – five triples in that time span and three home runs. And he's stee- swiping bases. This is – I never understood this because when he did get playing time in the end of 2018 and the end of, end of 2019, it was just like you said. You're going to play one game and then we're going to sit you for six and then we're going to bring you back out. And this is a guy who's one of the top-hitting prospects in baseball and is honestly making me contemplate that he might be one of my keepers going into next year.
0: Well, you got to be careful, man, because you only keep to keep three, but uh, I'll let you do it. But this is the difference between uh, a Tucker and a, and a Barreto. Tucker comes with a lot more upside. This is like the difference between uh, uh, a, a, a red Washington delicious apple versus a Honeycrisp apple, right? <laughs> it's a 50-cent difference per pound. As you can tell, I go a lot of do the grocery shopping around here. But this is – I mean, Beretto. I like him as a prospect. He ain't no Kyle Tucker. And you're seeing the difference between Kyle Tucker and Beretto because in in a, in, a, in a short amount of time, in, in 2019, at only 72 plate appearances, he did produce some for you. But yep. this is what I'm talking about. You give a guy like a Kyle Tucker regular at-bats, regular plate appearances, this is the results you get. They've been and, winning and for a long time. This is the time. crazy
2: thing with the Astros is they weren't content – they weren't planning on giving Tucker consistent at-bats. It wasn't until Jordan Alvarez never came back, and now he's gone. It wasn't until Michael Brantley got injured. It wasn't yeah. until Bregman started missing time. And guess what? They give a former top-10 prospect playing time, and he's performing. Shocker. Yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's a thing with the Oakland Athletics is they have so many – the veterans they have so much depth that there really isn't room to get Barretto regular appearances. There's a reason why those options ran out quickly. It's like it's options to get, just to use up options, it seemed like over there. But the uh, the, uh, the Astros, they have, uh, they had Tucker blocked at several positions uh, in the outfield. You just mentioned it. Josh Reddick, for God's sake, gets more playing time than Kyle Tucker for whatever reason, even though Reddick is just there because of his arm. But no, I'm glad that they, sometimes that's all it takes, you know, the Wally Pipp uh, uh, syndrome. Yep. Some guys go down, next man up, and this guy's finally getting his due diligence and his uh, and uh, the, uh, the playing time that he deserves because, yeah, like you said, he's a top-10 prospect. Uh, so last guy on the list here, Sean. Who was it? Uh, Tommy Malone. And I think this is where we're going to end it uh, today. Yeah. Tommy Malone got traded to the Braves. Um, I have Malone in a couple of my uh, teams. Yeah. Is he going to be worth keeping for this uh, last stretch of the, of, of, the, of the season here?
2: Possibly, yes. I, I believe we talked about him two, two weeks ago when we talked about a lot of the starting pitching. And, you know, um, definitely an improvement in ballparks. He doesn't have to pitch in Camden, which is a plus. Um, but he is what he is at this point. Uh, one of my Braves buddies, Daniel Samax, shout out to him. Uh, he was He posted on Twitter. He's like, who is Tommy Malone and why did we trade for him? And tell me who he is, and I basically said, "Well, he's a solid starter that somehow gets by throwing 86 mile per hour fastballs. He has and a, um, he has the yeah, he has the great changeup, and he has a plus slider. But it's just I, you looked at his last start. I, I want to say he looked okay, and then he just gave up like three home runs. But it's like all of the home runs were on the fastball. It just
0: uh, let me pull it up so I'm not talking out of my ass. And really um, quick, uh, while you pull that up, uh, yep. Bob. Roster Resource has Tommy Malone starting on Monday, so that answers our question. <laughs> okay,
2: yeah. Yeah, he was definitely going to be starting because, I mean, the Braves have no clue what their rotation is outside of Max Fareed. Uh Robbie Erlin, Josh Tomlin. Robbie Erlin wasn't even on their team yep. two weeks ago. Josh Tomlin was in their bullpen. Uh, Husker Yanoa was in the minors. Ian Anderson no, was in the minors.
0: Him. I don't know him, actually.
2: Yeah, and... Um, yeah, Tommy Malone in his last outing against Tampa, he went five and a third, gave up two home runs, four runs total, two earned, six strikeouts. Um, the outing before that, he went six innings, seven strikeouts, two home runs. It's, it just seems when he gives up runs, it's always on the long ball because he has such a small margin of error when you throw 86-mile-an-hour fastballs.
0: Oh, my God, look at this list of pitchers that are on the uh, secondary site for the Braves. Yep. Kyle Wright, Tuki Tusan, Bryce Wilson, they they they, they
2: they keep throwing them against the wall and they're not sticking. Bryce Julius. Wilson, Tukey, Newcomb. It's the same story over and over with them.
0: And look at the veterans they got uh, Julius Chassin and Mike Fultonivitz. Fultonivitz. Yeah, he he
2: you know he got DFA'd after like his first start in the year and nobody oh. picked him up, so
0: Felix Hernandez is also in there as well. Um He he was, he opted out. Oh yeah. that's right, I yeah. forgot about that. But yeah, I mean it's like like you said, it's well it's, it's you know what what it is, Sean? It's the uh it's the theme to the season. It's the whole what we talked about. This the 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 Civil War, the North strategy to the Civil War. Ten thousand people died, bring in twenty thousand. Fuck it, we have all these numbers, and I it feel like the Braves are doing that. It's like outside of Max Weed, they're just here. Just you try something. You try something, Robbie yeah. Erland, former top prospect for the Padres. You do something, Ian Anderson. Uh, you're our last of our three major prospects. Please make it work. He looked. <laughs> good.
2: He did look good in that first outing against the Yankees. Yep. um he looked a lot like chris paddock to me fastball change up really kind of kept him off balance um really looking for that third pitch to really stick though um maybe i i out of him kyle wright and um who's the other one bryce wilson anderson was the one i liked the most i'm not yeah. crazy high on all any of them but anderson i think did have the best upside because he had the best command
0: yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that one. But uh, the Braves, for a while, they had really good uh, pitching prospects. And it seems like they I, – I just noticed that they used them all up. And Ian Anderson might be the last of the bunch here. Yeah. Uh, he's So, hopefully, it works out. Tommy Malone will be starting on Monday. Uh, possibly two starts there. So, keep an eye yeah, on him. Let I me it.
2: see who his starts are against. I just had him pulled up and I didn't even look. All right. Um, and, uh,
0: oh, I was going mean, to pull up uh, the – I was going to pull up the time of long pitch. So he's didn't.
2: got a, a Toronto start and then a uh, – actually, no, that's still his Baltimore. Um, They haven't changed it on fan tracks yet. Yeah, um, it's a, up
0: to the minute it is, huh?
2: Yeah. It's, but, uh, MLB but at any
0: rate, uh, it looks like he will be starting regardless. So I'm going to check the CBS site just to make sure that – Atlanta's uh, playing, playing
2: Boston tomorrow. So that's the game he's scheduled to start.
0: He, he had a hell of a game against the Red Sox earlier this season. I thought he did a fantastic job, and that was back when we thought that Boston was Boston's offense was still kind of viable, uh, even without Mookie Betts. But uh, I don't think
2: there's anything viable on that team.
0: <laughs> no, they got some pieces. I mean, you got some guys yeah. like Xander Bogarts, uh, Rafael Devers, and uh, Mitch Moreland, who apparently is a is, is a guy worth. Giving away two prospects for yep. a you top ten. I mean, a top
2: ten prospect in one of the most loaded farm systems in baseball. That like that's shocking to me. I think Rosario was like the number eight or right at number ten for them. So, uh, but they have yeah, like, outf- they have outfield depth in Spades, Taylor Trammell, uh, Will Myers, uh, Trent Grisham, guys that are already at the major league level. So I understand they weren't going to be able to put all these guys on the forty man roster. But that was a, a hell of a haul by High Bloom. In uh, Boston, for sure.
0: Yeah. Then uh, uh, that's pretty much it. I think we, we covered everything. I know uh, this, this guy named Vlad wanted to talk about the Mets and the Yankees. Game. I'm not sure what exactly he's asking for.
2: I think uh, it's going to be a really high-scoring game because the pitchers that are going are Rick Purcello and the King. I think his first name is Michael. I don't want to mess it up.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, yeah, Michael King. They're both kind of pitch-to-contact guys in Yankee Stadium. Both of these offenses are very good, so it'll be interesting for sure.
0: Yeah, and uh, with that said, go and watch your baseball games today. Uh, it's a Sunday. We thank you for joining us. Uh, unless you have anything else to say, Sean, about uh, the um,
2: Just like in real life, uh, trade deadlines are probably coming up in your fantasy league, so this is going to be your last chance to make trades in fantasy. Uh, ours is tonight at 10, 11 o'clock, 1059, so – to the people in our yeah, ten fifty nine central. Uh, so, make those trades if you're gonna. If there's somebody you really believe in, it's a risky business this year trading for players. I think, but uh,
0: we haven't you know. had a trade this year. No, we have not. No, I think uh, people are just. I'm gonna. I, I think I
2: might be hitting up a few teams to try and make a deal.
0: Yeah, good luck with that. Um, yeah. But with that being said, thank you guys for joining us on this uh, baseball and brunch edition of uh, the Total Basis Podcast. I hope uh, we've been helpful. I hope we've been informative. Uh, And then go out and enjoy the rest of your baseball games on this glorious Sunday afternoon. Peace, everybody.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, guys.